This is our number two of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is the program where each Sunday we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week and the events of our often bizarre lives. And we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. We continue our number two with our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016. A couple other very quick notes, Leah, on the most recent polling which uh, Trumpsters are very excited about because Trump is winning. No, no, folks, can we can we just stop with this Trump is winning business? You're not winning as a Republican in a presidential race unless you have at least 48, 49, preferably 50 percent in national polls. Trump is nowhere near that. He's averaging about 41, 42, maybe 43 on a good day. He's not been over 46 at any point this year. And and he's clinched the nomination. He is at what should be the crest of his wave, okay? Hillary doesn't have the nomination yet. She will. The Sanders people, most of them will come home. The media will coalesce. They'll prop her up. They'll take Trump down. It's all up, almost all uphill from here, barring cataclysmic events. Uh, for Hillary on the side of Donald Trump. So this is as good as it's going to get for him. And he can't get anywhere near 49, 50%. And by the way, Leah, I think it's actually worse than that. I think that Trump's numbers nationally are not as good as they appear, even though they stink. And here's why. Because of the, the nature of Trump, I think he is winning by absurd margins in certain states, like uh, Alabama, where you are. I think he's winning humongously, or huge, as he might say. Huge. Uh, I, I think uh, places like the, the Appalachian Trail, Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia, uh, the, the parts those that part of the country, I think he's winning over Hillary by massive margins. Guess what? Irrelevant. Does nothing for us because it's about the Electoral College. So those are wasted extra votes. I think he also has wasted extra votes in places like New York, New Jersey, and California. States, there's no freaking way he's going to win. But he does slightly better than the normal cookie-cutter you know, Romney Republican does because of the nature of his appeal. So those are wasted votes as well. So his 42-43 might actually be more like Romney at 40. Now, as far as the electoral... And by the way, further to prove my point... There's a couple of polls out this weekend from the two key states, Florida and Ohio. doesn't matter. Trump hasn't changed the world. He hasn't defied gravity. Ohio and Florida are still the basics. You've got to start there. If you're the Republican candidate, you must win Florida. If you don't win Florida, forget it. Forget it. You, you, you cannot even get to first base. Florida is first base in trying to get to home. And if you can't get the first base, obviously you can't get home. Well, he's getting his ass kicked in Florida. He, he he's he's um and, but but although Hillary's not particularly strong there, that's what's so frustrating. Rubio would have beaten Hillary in Florida for sure, absolutely. But Trump is in the low 40s right now in Florida. In Ohio, it's worse. He's at 39 percent in the latest CBS poll in Ohio. By the way, his whole path is. The Rust Belt, right? He, he's going to change the map. The Rust Belt. They're going to want their old jobs back. They're going to flock to Trump. He's clinched the nomination. He's at 39% in Ohio. So that vindicates my theory that while 
he might be neck and neck, not winning, with Hillary nationwide, that it's actually worse than that. Because from an Electoral College standpoint, he's done nothing to indicate he's actually going to win. Now, he did something this week that was intended to shore up the conservative base, which was fascinating. I've never heard of a presidential candidate doing this. I guess we have unique circumstances because, obviously, Antonin Scalia died earlier this year. We have a vacancy on the U.S. Supreme Court. So Donald Trump put out a, name, a list of 11 names for that he would choose from, allegedly, although an interview I heard him do with his, his, uh, mayor, his spouse, Sean Hannity, um, he kind of backed away from, from any kind of commitment that those would, you know, that list is absolutely the list from which he would choose. But he puts out a list of 11 candidates from which he would choose or he would strongly consider choosing uh, a replacement for Antonin Scalia. Now, One, I, a former attorney general of Alabama. Right. Now, the list was, from a conservative standpoint, was very good. I, I'm sure that Trump had very little to do with picking right. this list. This Jeff Sessions, can you please put this together? Right. I think that's exactly what happened. I, I have a feeling Jeff Sessions had a, had a lot to do with it. Uh, and so, you know, it was a very strong list, although... Uh, from a political standpoint, I didn't think it was nearly as effective as it could have been. For instance, they're all white. Now, you know, how in the world would you pick 11 people of anything to do anything anymore in this country? You're not allowed to have 11 white people. Especially- no, no, but uh, look, I, I, that's one thing that I got to hand it to him for because these people were actually qualified for the job, okay, but, not because they're a certain skin color yeah, or gender. No, but hold, I get that part, Leah. But I'm, what I'm saying is if, you, if you're trying to win, why not at least – where's Janice Rogers Brown? We talked a lot about her in our KFI days. Yeah. She's a fantastic black female libertarian conservative jurist who I think should have been considered long ago. She's fantastic in every way. She she checks all literally all the boxes and she doesn't make the list of the top eleven. How how is that possible? But here's here's the more important part of the list. See, this goes to what I was talking about in the last segment about how Trump is handcuffed because this list makes it impossible for him to appeal to liberals now. Like for instance, the Sanders people. Because guess what? When you pick a list of eleven people. You're, you're now like Sean Hannity is to Donald Trump. You own them. You own everything they have ever done, everything they have ever said, every decision they've ever made. Now Democrats can make commercials with 11 different jurists. And you know the media will not call them on any lies, any distortions, and we will see, guaranteed, we will see commercials with the cherry-picking of the quote-unquote worst that those 11 uh, jurists have ever said or done to make it look like Trump is a right-wing whack job so that he cannot appeal to liberals or specifically to Sanders people. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. And this is important because it shows how precarious, if not impossible, Trump's path is because he needs to shore up the right – but in doing so, he's now just given enormous fodder to the left to destroy any argument he had that he's 
that he's a leftist or you know, progressive or somehow appeals to the you know the so-called Reagan Democrat. It doesn't really even exist anymore. Reagan Democrats are dead or Republicans. That's 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 the reality of that. But the point is, he can appeal specifically to Sanders people when you've got 11 conservative, hardcore, right-wing jurists on your list to replace Andrew Scalia. That's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So that, and I've said that from the beginning about Trump, that the problem with him in a general election among many, not just his high negatives, was he can't put together a coalition. He, you, you can't, you can't sew together enough fragments of this country in order to get 270 electoral college votes. He can't do it geographically, and he can't do it culturally. And these 11 jurors prove it because it was a short-term patch job that's going to come back to haunt him, I guarantee you, later on in, this, in the general election. Because Hillary's not going to put out her list. Hillary's not going to put out a list. I guarantee she doesn't need to because the media of won't force her. The media won't force her to. All right. So, um, all right. When we come back, um, good stuff, I promise, on the John and Leah show. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And uh, one of the more interesting stories of the week, at least uh, from my perspective, because it dealt with both politics and media, two of my favorite subjects, was the highly anticipated interview of Donald Trump by Megyn Kelly of Fox News Channel. And, uh, boy, things did not go as expected for Megyn Kelly, who was, I think, uh, anticipating she would be the next Barbara Walters. Uh, Leah, tell us what did occur. Yeah, this week, Megyn Kelly and Donald Trump sat down for that primetime interview that basically bombed. Megyn Kelly Presents uh, was broadcast on the Fox Channel And it was pummeled by not only The Voice on NBC, it was also destroyed by the NCIS finale on CBS. We're talking less than 5 million people for the Kelly interview, 9 million for The Voice, and 17 and a half for NCIS. Now, Megyn Kelly, who went as soft as Barbara Walters against Donald Trump, is more harsh against her critics than she was against him. However, one reviewer from Time Magazine liked her interview, so she said this about him. I'll tell you this. Um, my own view is this guy, Callum Borchers of the Washington Post, gets it right again. Uh, he's written many things in this, in this election season. I found them to be very fair. I'll put it on the board. He writes this. 
Anyone who expected Kelly to shred Trump for his conduct toward her must not have been paying attention to the policy of non-engagement she has followed since his rhetorical assault began last summer. An angry altercation would have made exciting television, but it would have been wildly inconsistent with Kelly's previous conduct. That's exactly right. I have not wanted to engage with Trump. I didn't want to engage there. I wasn't going to bring up the bimbo thing. I did not want to make it about me, but I was loath to get up there and go, boo-hoo, look poor me and what you did to me. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, apparently she didn't watch the uh, the version that aired because that's <laughs> half of it was, oh, boo-hoo-hoo, me, me, me. This is all about me. And isn't it amazing, uh, Donald Trump, what you said about me? And let's talk yes. more about me. I mean, it was like Toby Keith, let's talk about me. Um, it was it was, <laughs> it was, was unbelievable. I, it was I, the, the, the thing I got out of the Megyn Kelly, Donald Trump deal was uh, it was difficult to tell which of the two was more narcissistic and more delusional about their own importance in the world. It is, it is not hyperbole that Megyn Kelly really thinks that she has suffered tremendously because Donald Trump criticized her inappropriately and that some of, or a lot of his fans attacked her on Twitter. Now, first of all, first of all, can we, can we get real for a second? This thing has only helped Megyn Kelly. It has absolutely it has helped her celebrity. It has helped her ratings. It has helped until this week her career, without a doubt. Now, secondly, and maybe this is more important because this really bugs me. What has happened to quote unquote journalism in this country? I mean, journalism in this country is is dead, dead. completely dead, totally dead. There was a time not that long ago when a real journalist would have taken criticism from people on something like Twitter. Who, who the hell cares what people are saying about you on Twitter? Would have taken cri- could, would have taken criticism against you on Twitter, and from a presidential candidate, they would have taken it as a badge of honor. Absolutely. A badge of honor. They would have said, good, I must be doing something right. I'm asking tough questions. I'm trying to get to the truth here, and they just can't handle it. That would have been the appropriate response. Instead, now it's, Oh, 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 I'm so wounded. Oh, woe is me. I've gotten, I've been criticized. Oh, and, and because to these people, Leah, first of all, they're all, they're all incredible narcissists. And the reason why they're narcissists is because they're no longer journalists. They're spokesmodels. Okay. Yeah. They're not journalists. Megan Kelly is, she, you know, she's smart. Uh, you know, she went to law school and all that. I've been yeah, on her well. TV show a couple of times. You know, she's not dumb, but she's no genius. And she clearly is not a journalist. She is a celebrity. Her goal yes. is popularity. And popularity yeah. is the opposite, is the opposite of truth seeking, especially in this day and age where most people are. Idiots! So if you're appealing to idiots and imbeciles, it's about popular. It's about a popular myth more than it is an actual truth that oftentimes, in fact, most times is unpopular. So it was nauseating to me to see Megyn Kelly do this. And thank goodness she actually finally took some heat from the media, which has been, you know, praising her to no end. But most interestingly, how about the horrible ratings? Less than 5 million people watch this thing. If Donald Trump was really going to crush it in November, that wouldn't be happening, folks. Uh, More on this and the Facebook thing when we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. I love that hard knocks music. By the way, that's one of my favorite. Sh- that's the only favorite show on HBO. Uh, well, yeah, you don't even have HBO because you nope. boy- you boycott HBO. But but the that's reason right. I, the reason I mention it is because that show this summer uh, is going to be focusing on the uh, new Los Angeles Rams. Right. And um, I believe it looks like they're gonna their training camp's gonna be like right near where I live, so um, that'll be fun to see that. Uh, all right. Heckle somebody? Nah, I have no reason to heckle anybody. <laughs> at the, you get, you know, I, I I save my heckling for only special occasions. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Now, a couple more things on this Donald Trump, Megyn Kelly thing that I think are important. Um, the most amazing moment to me, other than the fact that she let. Trump completely off the hook and was narcissistic as hell, and it was all about her, and oh, woe is me, even though it actually helped her career. But here was the most amazing thing. The whole deal was, in my view, a a sham. It was a scam. It was all a contrived controversy to help both both parties. We learned that for sure during this special because Kelly is out with a book. Megyn Kelly is out with a book. Which was basically this whole special was nothing more than a promotion for her new book. But get this. This is the part I was stunned by. And and it hasn't gotten much publicity. She actually ends the special by by promoting her book and saying that it includes her being totally open about her year of torment with Donald Trump. Yeah. That's a quote. My year of torment with. With Donald Trump. Now, first of all, it was not a year. Right? Let's make that clear. That, that's a, a huge stretch. It was not anywhere near a year. It was intermittently for about six months that they had some sort of a feud. But more importantly than that, when you say, I'm going to, in my book, I'm going to speak openly about my year of torment with Donald Trump, I'm thinking, did he hold her kidnapped for a year? Was this like the Cleveland House of Horrors? He had her chained up in his house and wouldn't let her out? I mean, that's what it sounds like. No, no, no. He said some mean things about her in television interviews. Wow. Oh, yeah. the torment. That- okay. 
let me just say uh, my thoughts on Megan Kelly. Once her hair went short and she started getting to look exactly like Cruella DeVille, uh, that is when she went off the deep end. Well, I liked her so much better with the longer hair well, before big... <laughs> she went through the I can go and, uh, you know, starve myself to death after having one, two, three babies. Yeah. She all of a sudden just became this different person. I can't take well, it anymore. And I was a huge fan. Well, that's interesting. I actually love the short hair. I think this well, I can't I, stand I think this, the I think Cruella, this... Cruella DeVille look. That's not really Cruella DeVille. Oh, but, she looks I, exactly nah. like Cruella. Get her a I, cigarette holder. I, I think the short haircut is hot on her. She's it's a very horrible. She's she looks a little bit like a a, a doll. I mean, her eyes are very doll like. Uh, but she, I thought the hair, the short haircut's hot. But that's not the nope. that's not the important point. Well, look, I'm a man. I'm allowed to look but at this differently changed. than you. At, but it, but it's the whole it's the whole idea that the shorter the hair got, the more narcissistic she became i agree with that something definitely changed in her and i think she saw this as i'm important and it's all about me but but i have to say the worst sin she committed even worse than all of her trump related sins and again this didn't get much publicity because all the focus was on trump did you watch the whole thing did you watch the oh, other interviews there's no way i could okay. sit through that right, stuff you, you would have you would have lost it at this moment so here she introduces her very short interview with Robert Shapiro. You know that yeah. she that she was you know she's a lawyer and she was obsessed with the O.J. Simpson trial and blah 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 blah. She sat there on her hands and allowed Robert Shapiro, O.J. Simpson's uh, you know second. They they referred to him as original uh, criminal defense attorney in the in the Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman murders. That's not true. Howard Weitzman was his first lawyer, and Howard knew he was guilty and got the hell out. So right. then uh, Robert Shapiro got hired. She allowed Robert Shapiro to say without a hint of blowback that he believes that there was a second killer in the murders of Nicole and Ron without a shred of evidence, a shred of logic, and Megan just goes, wow, yeah, that's amazing. I Did thought, she, she didn't ask who not, the not, second killer not, could be? Not, what no, no, in fact, makes him say that? No, in fact, she actually facilitated, like, so. Show, oh, so there's a second killer out there who has never been uh, charged or been ever held accountable, and, and Shapiro says, I think that's quite likely. Oh, like, that's ridiculous. I, it's absurd. It's absurd. It's, but she just let him go. And uh, that, to me, was the worst moment of the whole deal. Now, um, so I, I, I have... I have no more patience for Megyn Kelly, and yeah. I, I, I hope I hope this somehow comes back to bite her. I mean, did she basically overplayed her hand? Uh, that's the conventional wisdom in the news media right now that she overplayed her hand, and that you know her her uh, her ambitions to be the next Barbara Walters may have not crashed. happening. Well, yeah, I, I hope. I so. don't think it's happening. Well, you, I hope you're right. Anyway, so well, I've been bashing the right wing media. I, I got to bash the left wing media at least a little bit as well. Uh, because, you know, one of the things that I've been saying all along is that Hillary, for as horrible a candidate as she is, has so many advantages. And number one, of course, is the news media. Yeah. And uh, they and, and so those people out there who think that Donald Trump, because he can go above the news media and, may, you know, and in some ways he might be able to, but he's not going to be able to pull it off completely. He's going to go places where no other Republican candidate would be willing to go specifically 
for instance, the the charges of sexual abuse against Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton's enabling and maybe even covering up of those crimes by Bill Clinton. Now, I perfectly think I absolutely think they ought to be relevant. Uh, I don't think it's going to work politically because I think to most Americans, it's old news. It's been adjudicated. And the media yeah. and the media will not allow there to be any traction. And in case you are questioning that. This week, Andrea Mitchell, who is like Hillary Clinton's best media friend that there is, I, I, I spend enormous amounts of time on Andrea Mitchell in my documentary film, Media Malpractice, How Obama Got Elected About the 2008 Election, uh, because she's just a complete hack, but, but she's respected in the news media. Uh, Unbelievably. So, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's absurd, all because she's married to Alan Greenspan. So, so the Juanita Broderick issue comes up. Now, Juanita Broderick is the woman who claimed on camera – with a very specific date, details, and a place that Bill Clinton raped her back in the 1970s. Right. And, and and Lisa Myers reported on all this back in 1999, I believe it was, for NBC News. It was a very in-depth report. There was not a shred of indication that Juanita Broderick was lying, no, no indication that her story was not credible. And yet, here's what Andrea Mitchell had to say this week on, was it MSNBC? I'm assuming it was MSNBC, about the Juanita Broderick allegation of rape against Bill Clinton. And last night, Trump fired a shot squarely at Clinton's husband, former President Bill Clinton. In one case, it's about exposure. In another case, it's about groping and fondling and touching against a woman's will. And rape. And rape. Donald Trump using that word unprompted during an interview last night with Fox News' Sean Hannity bringing up a discredited and long-denied accusation against former President Bill Clinton, dating back to 1978 when he was Arkansas Attorney General. Late last night, the Clinton campaign responded in a statement that read, Trump is doing what he does best, attacking when he feels wounded. Nah. All right, now she uses the word discredited. Discredited. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously denied, but she says it's discredited. Now, that's amazing because, first of all, there's no evidence it was discredited. But more, no. more importantly than that, this is the very same news media who doesn't believe any rape allegation from a woman can ever be discredited. It's to be believed regardless about, 100%. Uh, in fact, Hillary Clinton has has been quoted in this campaign as saying very ironically and apparently without <laughs> even realizing the, the absurdity and the irony of the statement. But she has actually said that all rape accusers should be believed, except, of course, Juanita Broderick. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing that the media has found the one person in the entire United States who has made a rape allegation that has been just it should not be believed. It's been discredited. We're not going to tell you on what basis. Here's the basis it was discredited. It was against somebody we like. It was against a liberal we like. Therefore, yes. therefore it, can't have happened. it could not have happened. It must be lacking in credibility. I mean, it is it is amazing to me. I mean, if if uh, I mean, obviously, I've talked a lot about my my investigation of the whole Penn State, quote unquote, scandal. Juanita Broderick's allegation on camera in her own name with dates details places everything blows out of the water anything anything close to what's alleged 
in the Penn State case, which the media accepts everything said in the Penn State case as if it was as if it was on a tablet that came down from a mountain where there was a lightning strike, and that's where they found the the, the words of the accusers. I mean, it's right. because they want to believe that story. That's a, well, and that's not only did Lisa Myers report this in 1999, but in 2014 she came back and said that nothing has come up since the story was first reported in any way that undercuts what Juanita Broderick said. And again, I don't know for sure that Juanita Broderick is telling the truth. I think she probably is. But here's what I do know. If you use the rules created by the very same liberal news media that Andrea Mitchell lives by, you have to believe her. Unless you're a massive hypocrite, which, of course, the news media is because they have a massive double standard when it comes to liberals who they like, especially and need like the Clintons, because she's going to be the nominee and conservatives. So if it's a story they like, here's here's the level of here's what discredited means. Discredited means we don't want to believe it. Credible means we like this story. We will believe this one. Yes, (laughs) no matter what. That's what it matters. It doesn't matter what. Uh, evidence you bring up that discredits it? No. If we want to believe it, it's true. If we don't want to believe it, it's discredited. That's Correct. What, that's what we're going to be up against, folks, and that's why it was so tragic, in my opinion, to have Donald Trump, who is the least likely to beat Hillary Clinton in a general election, largely because these attacks that, that people are salivating over aren't going to work. Because uh-uh. the media will defend her. They will not more than defend her. They will attack on her behalf like they just did here with Andrew Mitchell. All right, when we come back, we got to talk about the conservatives, specifically Glenn Beck, meeting with Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook about this issue of bias on uh, the Facebook web pages and whether or not did Glenn Beck turn into Al Sharpton? Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back on the John and Leah show. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And continuing with the theme of uh, media bias, the biggest uh, story uh, in recent weeks about or with regard to media bias has clearly been that of Facebook and allegations against Facebook Uh, that there's been extreme bias against conservative stories when it comes to what is trending on Facebook. And much to my surprise, this story has gotten 
uh, quite a bit of traction, so much traction that a, uh, a series of conservative media leaders and voices actually met this week with Mark Zuckerberg. And uh, apparently some interesting things happened. Uh, tell us about that, Leah. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, you basically just did the story. So I'll just say there was a talk show host <laughs> among those invited. And so then on Fox News, Tucker Carlson, who also was among those invited, had this to say about that talk show host. Some of the conservatives there asked tough questions. Others sucked up, basically. Like who? You know, well-known talk show host who you think would be asking tough questions, but have said things like, you're such an innovator, you're such an impressive guy. No, who said that? Ah, come on, you know, you can imagine. Well, the host was allegedly Glenn Beck. Uh, they said that he was the only talk show host that was there, and Glenn Beck has gone on to defend Mark Zuckerberg and swear that Zuckerberg is being sincere and not condoning bias. Uh, also, as a side note... In the meantime, conservative activist and Donald Trump supporter Lauren Southern was just kicked off of Facebook for 30 days for a post noting Facebook censorship of another conservative. So it looks as if Facebook is still doing the bias. Yeah, that's rather ironic, wouldn't you say, that uh, just a couple days after this uh, big meeting with conservatives about bias that Facebook apparently, I mean, it's, you know, it's it, there seems to be some pretty good proof behind this, has literally censored, shut up <laughs> a uh, conservative, not for one or two days, but for 30 days, you're banned from yeah. Facebook for, ironically, bitching about or complaining about or ra raising the issue of censorship. So look up <laughs> look up irony in the dictionary, not the Alanis Morissette version of irony, but the real definition of irony and that that's what you're going to find it is. there you're going to find it. Uh, it's all it's also not just ironic, but it's also an indication of the insincerity of Facebook. Uh, Facebook did not do a mea culpa. There were no statements of we were wrong or oh, you know, we we accept responsibility for this. Oh, they don't care. I well, then why did Zuckerberg do the meeting? I mean, it was just a publicity I'll tell you stunt. why. Yes, because it got so much play that he had to do something because there's a Senate investigation. Yeah, but I, I don't know what, what the basis of the Senate investigation is because, um, first of all, Facebook is not a government entity. Uh, it, it's not even, it doesn't even use the, the airwaves, so it's not regulated by the F FCC. So I, to me, it's a stretch that Facebook, for bias in what's trending, could ever really be the focus of a of a true investigation with any teeth. But well, look, I think it's a threat because Facebook has a lot of sway with the administration, and so yeah. you know whether it's money, whether it's visas, whether it's whatever, I think it's a threat. Well, here's the deal. I mean, I have had my own problems with Facebook. I was banned from Facebook in a way that I thought was completely ridiculous and inappropriate, and would not thirty days, not for thirty days, but for okay. seven days. I think I think the next time I get banned will be for thirty, because because okay. it's a it's a it's a sliding You've been scale. Warned. Well, <laughs> well, no, but but these decisions, the most frustrating thing, the most scary thing, frankly, is that these decisions are not, in my view, made by human beings. 
They're they're made by by computers basically, and so I don't think there's ever an actual human being, at least no one that communicates with you, who says, okay, here's why you were banned, and you know if you have any questions, feel free to ask. Uh, by the way, you would think that the questions would happen before they ban you. Like, uh, hey, can you respond to this allegation? Uh, you know, why do you not think you should get banned? Whatever. None of that happens. It's all done without any adjudication, with no no semblance of due process. They just do it. And and if you've been banned before, it doesn't matter if that was an, an inappropriate ban or an illegitimate ban. If you know that's so that's the situation I'm in now. I've been banned twice. So if I get banned again. Even though the first two were totally bogus, I'm banned for 30 days, which is a big deal uh, for, for instance, for this show. I mean, it's part of how right. I promote the show. So um, that's the part that's scary to me. That it's not forget about the fact that the people making these decisions would all be liberals. I'd at least rather have it be a person than a computer or algorithm or something uh, that's basically making these decisions. Now, as far I'm not as buying that it's an algorithm. You think it's an actual human being? Absolutely. Just, just Disguised a, as an algorithm so you can't fight it. Maybe. You, you might be right. You might be right. Um, maybe I'm being naive here. It just It's just amazing <laughs> to me that you're not – there's no one with whom you can communicate about it. Nobody. Uh, I mean, it's it's literally like, you know, George Orwell's 1984. I mean, it, it's, yes. just, it's just this big brother type of deal. The, Facebook is big brother. So anyway – so let's go back to the meeting, because obviously you and I have had many discussions and a couple of rather heated arguments about Glenn Beck. And, you know, my view on Glenn Beck, while I agree with him on a lot and he and I think a lot alike on a lot of things, including Donald Trump, although it's true, although weirdly, as an aside, did you hear that that now Beck is predicting that Trump's going to win? Did you hear that? Now, that, that to me was so classically Beck, because now he wins no matter what. If Trump loses, see, I told you so. If Trump wins, see, I predicted it. Uh, so he does. There's no scenario where where Beck loses. Um, he, and I think Beck is all about Beck. Uh, I think he's a bit nuts. Um, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Leah. Oh, my gosh. You might have to take over the show because I think I'm losing my eyesight. Oh, my gosh. I can't see a thing. Oh, oh, oh wait a minute. I'm sorry. That was, that was just my Glenn Beck impression. Uh, I think yeah. I think Glenn Beck's nuts. I think he's a fraud. I think he um, you know, never cared about politics until he was almost in middle age as a DJ in Louisville, Kentucky, as an alcoholic, agnostic, and apolitical person. And, and, he, and he's a good actor. He's a very, very good actor. And what he did... What certainly seems, and I'm going to give you a chance to respond, but we're up against the, the hour break here. But what I think Glenn Beck did is actually worse than what Al Sharpton does as a shakedown artist, because at least Al Sharpton criticizes the person in a way to intimidate them to giving him money. Beck sucked up in an effort, apparently, for Zuckerberg to give him money for something. Uh, I'll let what? Le- well, whether his the theory that Tucker Carlson had was his losing money websites. Hour number three coming up next.